0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining me here tonight. My name is Cody Tyler Clyde. This is In-Depth Pro Wrestling Episode 5, your AEW Dynamite review for January twenty second, 2020. Now, this AEW Dynamite was held on the Rock and Wrestling Rager, which was Chris Jericho's cruise line, as they were on their way over the weekend headed to the Bahamas. And this was actually a very interesting environment to watch this on because it was a very intimate show. It was a very small stage. Um, it just really had just basic lighting and a titron at the top. You saw a few AEW banners scattered throughout, but overall it was actually a very intimate show and something that was actually really cool to to look at because I couldn't even imagine the environment on that cruise line or for the fans watching in that arena um it's just it was a very very interesting perspective to look at um, but the first match that we had on this evening was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And this match was held and with a 60-minute time limit. We had Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega versus Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Now, I feel like the one thing that I should bring up before we even begin this match review is I'm not a really big fan. Of SCU. I don't really think that they brought the prestige that AEW wanted when they were going to put the tag team titles on them, especially them being the first tag team champions. I just don't feel like them as characters or their connection with the audience really represents. AEW the best, especially in their tag team division, because whenever SCU makes their entrance, they don't get a big pop. They don't get a very big reaction. And that's not a good thing, you know, especially if you want your tag team titles to mean something, you should put them on people that have a connection with the crowd that can really get the crowd involved and get them caring about the championships because quite frankly because of the fact that I'm not a fan of SCU I haven't been a fan of the tag team championships I haven't been a fan of how they're handled just because I believe that there are so many so many more better representations of AEW and the tag team division in like The best friends, the lucha bros, the young bucks, like there are so much other that they could have put them on that would, that to me would have just raised its prestige just a little bit more. Um, But Adam Page and Kenny Omega earned this title opportunity on the January 15th episode of AEW Dynamite beating Pride and Powerful, the Best Friends, and the Young Bucks in a fatal four way number one contendership match to determine the number one contenders for the AEW tag team titles. This was the fourth AEW tag team title contention in its history. The last title defense was on the December 18th episode of AEW Dynamite, where they successfully defended the titles against the Young Bucks. When the match was set to begin, the ref held the titles up in the air. And this just amazed me for some reason. Just the look of the titles when they were glistening off of the lighting ...just made me so excited because I really, really hoped that AEW would crown new AEW Tag Team Champions tonight. And that's exactly what they did when Adam Page picks up the win with a buckshot lariat to Scorpio Sky on the outside... Adam Page then walks to the ring apron and delivers a second buckshot lariat to the inside of the ring connecting with Frankie Kazarian for the 1-2-3 and the victory and becoming the second AEW World Tag Team Champions alongside Kenny Omega. Now, the one thing that I do want to talk about this match isn't necessarily what happened in the match. It's what happened after the match. Now... At the end of the match, when Adam Page and Kenny Omega were celebrating, the Young Bucks made their way out to the out to the ring. And we know Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks as the elite. But once the Young Bucks made their way into the ring, Adam Page looked very weary. He didn't know exactly whether or not he wanted to include them on the celebration or if he wanted to be included on the in the celebration and he made his way out to the to the crowd to go and celebrate with them but didn't celebrate with Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks as a group and that was something that I felt was very interesting because AEW has slowly been planting these seeds for Adam Page to turn on Kenny Omega and become a heel, because Adam Page has kind of separated himself from the elite, and that was just another case that we got tonight, and one thing that I found very interesting, and I'm very looking forward to see how that ends up coming coming to be, but at the end of this match, Adam Page... Now has a 3 and 0 record for 2020 and a 9 and 7 record for his AEW career. Kenny Omega has a 4 and 0 record for 2020 and a 13 and 5 record for his AEW career. Scorpio Sky now has an 0-1 record for his 2020 career and a 13-5 record for his AEW career. Frankie Kazarian now is 0-1 in 2020, and Frankie Kazarian now has a 12-4 for his AEW career. Now, the second match of the night was Priscilla Kelly making her AEW debut, going up Against Dr. Britt Baker. Now, the last time we saw Britt Baker was in a fatal four-way bout for the AEW Women's Championship on the January first episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, but one thing that I want to point out in this match was Pr- Priscilla Kelly looked really nervous in some of the moves that she was executing. You know, it didn't really look like she was a hundred percent confident going into this match um it could have just been the debut nervousness you know or I don't know maybe she got seasick but she just looked very nervous um throughout this match and one thing that I jotted down on my notes is that she attempted to execute a hip toss and it just came out looking really awkward and really just just not up up to par, you know. Um, but Britt Baker was able to help her throughout this match. Um, Britt Baker and Priscilla Kelly had a non-stop back and forth, but Britt Baker was able to stop Kelly's momentum with a big knee strike to Kelly's chest in the corner. And Britt Baker followed up by a run by a run back and forth between the ropes and out of the third time her coming from the rope baker hits a sling blade then covers for a count of two kelly gets up counters with a boot to the face followed by a size sweep slam then covered brit baker for only a two count both women up to their feet baker with a massive kick to the jaw dazed kelly Baker with a hip toss into, into the locked jaw to make Kelly tap and pick up the victory. Now, this this match was, was pretty good. You know, it, it's not the greatest. Like I said, Priscilla Kelly was very nervous throughout this match. And I don't really feel like there was a whole lot to highlight through this match. That's why I don't necessarily have a whole lot to talk about for this match. But Britt Baker is now 1-1 in her 2020 record. And Britt Baker is also 8-5 and overall in her AEW career. And Priscilla Kelly now starts at 0-1. The third match of the night was a six-man tag team match between the Jurassic Express and Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. Versus the inner circle of Santana Ortiz and Chris Jericho. Now, this match was refed by Aubrey Edwards, and Aubrey Edwards is amazing. Um, I was able to see her in twenty sixteen, um, way before she even signed with AEW. I I saw her in the West Coast Wrestling Connection, and I actually remember it was November of twenty sixteen. And I remember when we were at that event, me looking to my girlfriend, and telling her that Aubrey Edwards is one of the most professional referees I've ever seen in all of wrestling. Like I remember being back at the West Coast Wrestling Connection, and she used to stand in in the ring with her arms, you know, just very neatly tucked, you know, and she just handled everything beautifully, you know, it's like she, she knows how to, how to react, she's so interactive with the referees, or with the wrestlers, sorry, um, and she's just an amazing referee overall, and, yeah, she's just amazing, and one, one, one person who I really appreciate, um, this is the first time that Chris Jericho competes for AEW in 2020. He did compete at Wrestle Kingdom 14 against Tanahashi for New Japan Pro Wrestling on January 4th, whom he ended up defeating. As Trish, As Chris Jericho made his way to the ring, the crowd roared Jericho's theme song, Judas. Now, last month, Jericho challenged Jungle Boy to a match where Jungle Boy had the last 10 minutes inside a ring with La Champion, which Jungle Boy completed. Even though at the end of the match, Chris Jericho undeniably thought that he had picked up the victory over Jungle Boy, but no, Jungle Boy did last 10 minutes against the champion, just like he had challenged him. Um... Throughout this match, we see a string of offense from the Jurassic Express, multiple tags to each one of these men. Jericho, at one point, stands on Jungle Boy's hair and lifts his body to apply the pressure on his head, which just looked devastating, you know, because I couldn't even imagine having, one, my hair stepped on, and two... My hair almost feeling like it's being pulled out as my body is being lifted up off the mat. And it was just, that was a very brutal moment. But both teams really got into it in this matchup. And both teams were able to highlight their in-ring chemistry with one another. But at one point, there was a double choke slam to Cherico and Ortiz by Lucius Soros followed by a standing moonsault by Luchasaurus for a two-count on Jericho. <coughs> Sorry. After, Hager comes up to the ring apen, teasing stepping into the ring. Luchasaurus tags in Marco's stunt and exits the ring, delivering a string of punches to Hager, leading him up the ramp to the top of the stage. Marco climbs to the top rope and delivers a 450 splash to to Jericho, Goes for a pin, Jericho kicks out at 2. A series of roll-ups by by Marco Stunt continues with no luck. Jericho counters with a brutal Judas effect on Marco Stunt to pick up the 1-2-3 and the win for the inner circle. Now, going out of this match, Chris Jericho now has a 9-1-1 in his overall AEW career. Santana has now 6-4. Ortiz is now six and four. Jungle Boy walks out with a two nine and one in his overall career. Luchasaurus now has a five and four overall. And Marco Stunt is now at a very low three and seven overall in AEW. Now the next match that we had in the evening was MJF versus Joey Janela, and. One thing that I, I want to talk to you guys about is because I don't, I, don't, I don't really have a whole lot to even talk about for this match. You know, it's just that there wasn't a whole lot going on. I don't feel like there was a whole lot of highlights, anything to really bring to light. But in just my opinion, and I'm just going to put this out there, is I think MJF is a terrible wrestler. Okay, I'm not saying that just because he's a heel. I'm not saying that because I'm supposed to hate him. I look at it for how it is. Okay, like this guy, he can hella cut promos. Everybody knows MJF is one of the greatest promos in wrestling today. But as far as his in-ring work, as far as like his selling or, you know, just his overall repertoire of moves, he's not there yet and I know that AEW is really kind of letting him hide a little bit that's why we haven't seen very many matches from MJF I feel like they're kind of giving him a little bit of time to practice a little bit more before they really give him that super big push leading into 2020 but that's just something that I just I can't do with MJF like I can see how he could be the future of AEW but at this point right now where it stands I just I don't see him as a very good wrestler because sometimes when he's selling his moves it's almost as if he oversells them. you know like at one point in this match Joey Janela flips MJF over his back And instead of MJF just hitting the mat, it's like MJF hits the mat, jumps up off of his feet and then does a front flip and then hits the mat. And it's just a major oversell that like me, I just, I can't connect with and just something that just has really turned me off on his character is that I just, I can't believe the words that he says even though he's a great promo because he's not able to back it up in the ring um but at the end of this match mjf ends up winning against joey janela because kip sabian and penelope ford enter the stage area and distract joey janela and mjf gains the distraction and hits the crossroads on Joey Janela for the 1-2-3 in the victory. And MJF being the winner coming out now has a five and one record for his AEW career. And Joey Janela now sits at four and six in his AEW career. Now after this matchup we got a backstage segment With Kenny Omega and Adam Page celebrating their win of the AEW Tag Team Champions. And this was very, very interesting. Because like I was saying earlier in my AEW Tag Team Championship match review. Is that AEW is slowly planting these seeds for Adam Page to turn heel. And this was another one of those seeds that we saw in this backstage segment was Tony Schiavone went up to Kenny Omega and asked him about PAC, you know, about PAC challenging Omega to a match and whether or not he's going to be able to keep focus on the tag team titles and be able to, you know, keep track of PAC and watch his back with him. And once Kenny Omega had answered, Tony Schiavone turns to Adam Page and begins to ask him a question. And once Adam Page was going to answer, Tony Schiavone automatically goes back to Kenny Omega and asks him another question. And you could see Adam Page just get frustrated. So he like takes a step back from the two. He's just kind of looking down at the ground, just really... Kind of disappointed that he didn't get to get his two cents in. And then, once Kenny Omega got done ask, or answering Tony Schiavone's questions, Tony Schiovanni goes towards Adam Page again. And we start to see a small interaction between the two. But then we hear the Young Bucks come up from from the side and interrupt adam page again and you could just tell that adam page is just getting frustrated and like i said it's just it's very interesting because they're slowly starting to plant these seeds and it's it'll be very interesting to see how or what they come up with to really have this whole story come full circle Now, the fifth match in the main event of the evening was a number one contendership match to determine the number one contender for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship with Pac versus Jon Moxley. Now, at first, Jericho joins JR and Excalibur to commentate because he says that if he's going to be defending the championship, he wants to be out on that commentary table during every single number one contendership match. And one thing I I just, I got to get into before I go over this match is AEW is really starting to lose me a little bit when when it comes to them having records. Because when Pac made his entrance, we had two records at the bottom. We had the AEW Career, and then we had the AEW Singles. But on other people's um, name tag, it says, you know, AEW Career, or Overall, or AEW Singles, or AEW in 2020. And that was something that is just so confusing to me, because... As of January 1st, we were supposed to have a reset on all of the records. So to me, there should only be two. There should only be two records. There should be the overall and the person's AEW 2020 career or record for that year. But as far as going through four different categories for rankings, to me, it's just it's too confusing for people to to follow up on and that's why like you're not hearing or seeing on social media a whole lot of people talking about how AEW is introducing records to professional wrestling because it's so confusing that how can you follow it you know and i'm just like i'm getting frustrated because i actively follow the records you know, as I'm I'm even laying them out for you guys right now, like I'm following the records, I'm writing them down every single week. And it's just very confusing sometimes to know what category I'm supposed to focus on for each wrestler. Like with Pack, am I supposed to only focus on his singles record and his AEW career? But with like, Joey Janela, I'm supposed to focus on his overall record and his AEW 2020 record. It's just very confusing and I just, I don't know how they're going to fix that or how they're going to be able to implement something so that it makes complete sense. Because right now it's kind of in shambles and that kind of, just kind of took me out of this main event just Throwing that out there because I, I just, I can't, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but during this match, Pac is gaining to, looking to gain momentum in an opportunity at the AEW World Championship as he's challenging Omega to a, to a match for a number of weeks. And Moxley is looking to defend his AEW World Championship number one contender position. As Moxley makes his way to the ring, you can notice that he has one eye covered with a bandage from the attack from Jericho with the nails that came off of Chris Jericho's coat on last week's AEW Dynamite. And at one point in this match, Pat goes to the top rope for a 450 splash, but Moxley counters with his knees coming up to connect. And Moxley rolls up, pack for a two and a kick out both men back and forth pack delivers a snapdragon suplex to moxley which just looked devastating because it looked like moxley landed right on the back of his neck and at this point i stopped you know i had to see if if he was good he ended up being okay but pack was able to get the brutalizer locked in on moxley for a short period But Moxley was able to get to the bottom rope. And that was something that we've seen from superstars like Kenny Omega. Where when Pac put him in the brutalizer is when we had our first knockout in AEW history. Where Pac made Kenny Omega pass out to the point that the ref had to call the match off. And that's what we saw Pack put Moxley in, but Moxley was able to get himself to the bottom rope. Um, after a failed pin attempt, Moxley delivers the quote-unquote dirty deeds to Pack, and he gets up, gains some more momentum, and delivers the paradigm shift on Pack to pick up the one, two, three in the victory and still be... AEW's number one contender for Chris Jericho's AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And at the end of this, Jon Moxley now sits with 8-1-1 one one in his AEW career and 3-0 and in his AEW 2020 career. And Pack now finishes with a 6-5-1 in his AEW career and a 1-2 overall for 2020. Now, John Moxley will face Chris Jericho for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship at AEW Revolution on January, on February 29th in in Chicago. Now, I I do want to thank you guys for joining me here tonight. Um as you, as you can tell, I'm still a little bit sketchy on my whole reviews. I'm trying to really get a a formula down, a kind of a rhythm on what I want to go off of and I'm just I'm just I'm really trying to to work on it. I really greatly appreciate you guys following me on this and going on this journey with me. Um So yeah, just thank you for joining me here tonight. Again, my name is Cody Tyler Clyde. This is In-Depth Pro Wrestling Episode 5. I will be back. This Sunday for the WWE Royal Rumble 2020 review. Thank you so very much.